0: Welcome to ux soup a short form podcast that looks beyond the buzzwords to give you the latest developments impacting the user experience of devices and services in the home in the car and on the go i'm derek vita one of our co-hosts lisa is off today but i'm joined by my other co-host chris schreiner hello as always ux soup is presented by strategy analytics a global research and consulting firm providing our clients all over the world with insights analysis and expertise It's back to school time. So today we're talking about primary and secondary education in the time of COVID-19. Specifically, all the digital tools parents and children are using in this time of distance learning that uh, we're all becoming accustomed to. So we have a special guest joining us today, uh, Chris Dodge, who has over 10 years of UX experience and is a uh, father of two young children. Uh, Chris, welcome. Hello. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks for having me on today, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us so uh how old are your
1: children uh mr dodge i've got an eight-year-old who just started third grade and a five-year-old just
0: started kindergarten excellent our one of our co-hosts chris schreiner is a uh, father as well uh
2: how old is yours chris i have a daughter that is 17 and just starting her last year of high school So for today's episode,
0: uh, I am going to be peppering both of the Chris's on the panel here with questions about distance learning in the time of COVID-19, a typical school day for their children, pain points, uh, areas of expertise that they feel like they might be missing, and things like that. So let's start with Mr. Dodge. I'd like you to walk us through a typical school day uh, so equipment that uh, school districts or the the schools that your children have been going to are providing uh programs that you're using how are logins handled how is homework submitted just kind of walk me through a typical day
1: oh wow a lot of moving parts to that actually more so than i would have initially thought you know so to start uh they both start at the same time luckily they're in the same school which is great but given the difference in grade the kindergartner versus the third grader, different curriculum, obviously, and different structure as well, which was kind of surprising to me. Initially, we saw the schedules come out, and I say we, I mean myself and my wife. Uh, It looked like they were pretty much very closely aligned, lunches at the same time, uh, only to find out uh, my my daughter has kind of more of a go and break, go and break type schedule. My son is a little bit more consistent throughout the day, but essentially they start school about 10 minutes to 9 a.m., uh, there, my son is using a laptop. My daughter using a Chromebook, and you know these are devices that we have. They're using utilizing Teams, uh, Microsoft Teams for the initial school kind of login, attendance, things like that to facilitate all that. And she's not really using any outside programs. My son is, uh, whether it be uh, Achieve Three Thousand or iReady, you know these are various math or, or uh, reading programs that they use, and. He's got pretty much a lesson throughout the day. My daughter will be on for roughly 15 minutes, take a 30 minute break, be on for another 15, take another 30, 45 minute break, and then be on for an, a last 15 and she's pretty much done for the day. The homework is essentially submitted via uh, taking pictures and sending it through a class dojo app that you can use either on the phone or on a uh, desktop laptop. And it's submitted directly to the, the teachers for photographic evidence that they completed their homework
0: cool so I noticed that there's a few different programs that your children use Uh, so teams I heard dojo mentioned do each of those have their own separate processes and logins or do they make it sort of a, a one entry point can you walk me through that
1: right so that's kind of been one of the bigger issues not only the multiple entry points, but kind of alongside that is the multiple logins versus the single sign-on. Some of them do have the single sign-on portal, if you will, to some of these apps. So the, the Class Dojo is, is going to be its own app. It's geared towards both kids and parents. So the parents have their own login, and then within that app, there's the kind of the kids' portal, if you will, or kids' area. But that's the primary uh, method of communication between parent and teacher. This is something that we've been using since my son started kindergarten, uh, roughly four years ago. So yeah, so there there are the multiple logins there, and ClassDojo being separate from Teams, and then some of the other programs they're using are a kind of a separate segue. You can you can segue into them from Teams. Otherwise, they're they're you know you'd have to go into an independent web page to log into them. And, you know, kind of piggybacking on that with the multiple logins, one of the issues that we're seeing is that because a lot of these are kind of pay-to-use programs, the district, the school is uh, generating the usage for us, which is great. But at the same time, they're also generating the the logins, which are very closely aligned to the other ones that they use, but sometimes they're off by just uh, a an ampersand symbol or something like that, that, just enough to, you know, it's a lot to write down and keep track of and You know, that creates kind of its own issue in itself, really, is just accessing these various touch points, if you will, for education
0: and such. Fascinating. Let's have uh, Chris Schreiner jump in here, because I want to pose the the same set of questions to him, uh, but from sort of a secondary education point of view. Uh, Just walk me through a a typical school day, uh, such as it is for your daughter, and any similarities or differences to what uh, Mr. Dodge was mentioning.
2: Her school day is changing day by day, and we are all having to be very adaptive to <laughs> changes that are being made on the fly. Of course, course it's a very difficult situation. Nothing against the administrators, teachers, everyone else trying to implement this. This is unprecedented, so it, uh, understand the difficulties that they face. Our school district uh, gave all students the option of either coming in full-time or being remote full-time. And that has now changed to either being remote full-time or coming in for two days out of the week. My daughter's school day has four periods. Each period is 90 minutes long. And they, they break up the normal eight-period schedule into two different days. She has one class from 9 to 1025, and then second class is from 1030 to noon. On Monday, they actually decided to give the children a lunch period because in the original schedule, it was four 88-minute periods back-to-back to 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 back-to-back, which if you're staring at a screen for six and a half hours straight with only five-minute breaks, that violates a lot of best practices for how people should be looking at screens throughout the day. As far as platforms that they use they switched when we were online in the spring they used google classroom they've now moved to canvas Uh, again with part of the issues in in trying to get all of this implemented uh, logins and passwords weren't received until the morning before classes started wow but thankfully that is the only password that She needs to know, and it's also a a platform where parents can access too. Although we don't know what our login and password is, or if it's different from our daughter's, Uh, we haven't received much information on that. What she's finding with platforms are more having to do with individual teachers. So in order to contact an individual teacher, some will say, Hey, please message me through canvas. Others are asking, what other platforms do you know of? Can you sign up to, have access to? One of them wanted to use this one called Remind. And others are just saying, hey, email me.
0: So each teacher is sort of left to their own devices in terms of what they prefer to use?
2: (laughs) For communication elements, yes. I'm sure that they are told what they should do, but some of them will want to go with what they feel comfortable doing because they're in this situation where they also have to try and learn all these new platforms at a moment's notice. And so I imagine that they are also struggling to come to terms with the different platforms and technologies and trying to effectively move all of their coursework online and focusing on that rather than focusing on trying to get Canvas to a point where they're comfortable with it.
0: So a uh, question for both of you, what equipment did the school or the district give you before the school year? And what did you need to provide yourself to get set up for remote learning? So it, are you getting a stipend for internet connectivity, printer, ink? If you're missing some of those things, does the district provide anything to fill those gaps? Speak to that uh, for a little bit.
1: Yeah. So- Luckily, the things you mentioned, you know, with regards to like printing and stuff like that, uh, you know, it's not as as of now needed. So that's great. The district hasn't provided really much of anything. I know there are laptops available if you request them. Uh, Luckily for us, that wasn't something we needed. So they 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 can and they will provide those. And it looks like certain classes are giving away kind of the. Equipment kits, if you will, so things like um, certain papers or markers or small little paper textbooks, things like that. Nothing really major. I think it's just it's just too broad of a spectrum to really kind of pull in and, and give to everyone. But, but I
0: know that it ha- that the laptops have been offered. And uh, Mr. Schreiner, I'm I'm curious, especially about uh, your district situation because it is a little bit more rural in uh the area you're at so any sort of things that the district is doing to fill in connectivity gaps for example and equipment gaps
2: our district has been lucky in that for the past several years they provided each student within the high school with their own chromebook so they've all had chromebooks all known how to use them all have had to use them they they were also very good in that early on in the pandemic they sent out a survey to all of the parents asking them about their internet connectivity when they realized that they were going to have to do remote learning to see if, it, if they had it, and if so, if their speeds were sufficient, how many children they had that would have to be accessing and streaming at the same time. I know they've at least been aware of everybody's situation and tried to uh, do what they can to accommodate. Uh, our school district is very big on equitable access to education. Uh, So this has been a a real focus for them.
0: Do either of you feel like you need anything additional in terms of equipment, in terms of knowledge or expertise to improve this distant education experience that we've all been thrown in?
1: No, I I think, you know, I mean, you have to look at this like it is what it is. It's it's in its infant stages of, you know, kind of getting the grasp of how to do everything. So I, I would say at the moment, we're doing the best we can with what we've got and what we've got is sufficient for now. I think a lot of the, the issues kind of, you know, exist less on the kind of the, the, the physical device side of things and more kind of on just, I guess, just really the, the infrastructures and getting things just in place and getting people acclimated to logging in and, and <laughs> hitting their mute button when they come on. So that, you know, I mean, I have to remind my kids, you are in school right? And that's, or you're in class and you would behave, you should behave just the same way you are in school.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with a lot of what Christopher said. It, it, it is what it is. And everyone's trying to do their best with the situation that we're in, with school districts having to completely change how they provide education <laughs> and teachers having to do things that they were not trained to do. If we had had more time, certainly training would have been nice. And I'm sure that there are a whole lot of UX researchers out there that have submitted or doing their thesis or dissertation on what are the best practices for doing distance learning so that we could, uh, if we have to keep doing this, that we can have a better experience next time.
1: One thing that, that Chris mentioned a bit ago about the, the lack of training. I I don't know that the parents need it as much because on the on, on our side, it should be pretty simple. Emphasis on should be, right? Uh, you, you basically dial in and you, you attend the lesson. Whereas I feel that the teachers didn't get adequate training. And the only reason I think that's a problem is because when the parents have the issues, who are they gonna turn to? Who are they going to ask? And I'm hearing a lot of parents, well, not so much now, but in the very beginning ask the teachers technical questions and and looking for that ITL support level guidance, and they couldn't provide it.
2: And we've seen that on our end too, with issues of teachers, not knowing how to mute all the students Mm -hmm. and what to do when unexpected things come up. So there's already our, our school district started late and there's already been an instance, I think on the first day of school where a classroom was hacked and there were some inappropriate videos being played in the middle of the classroom. And of course, what does the teacher do in that situation? Are they trained to know how to to handle these things that come up? And like we've said, the districts are doing everything they can, and certainly their IT budgets and IT departments weren't set up and weren't budgeted for this in mind. So this type of uh, IT-level support and security uh is certainly something that needs to be addressed going forward
0: which leads me to what i wanted to close on i'd like for each of you to give one piece of uh encouragement slash advice to your uh districts teachers and administrators
1: you know it's an interesting question because i i can sense that they're doing all that they can and and i've never had more respect for teachers than i do at this point because this is this is incredibly. These are incredibly trying times, and you know I, I can sense the level of patience, and I can hear when those patients are getting tested by the students, and I can't even speak for everyone. I would say I I understand, you know what we're all going through. Obviously, you know we're all in it together, whether everyone wants to you know understand that or not. But uh, there's a strong appreciation admiration for what they've been doing. I would say if anything, uh, my 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 motivation to suggest something goes towards the students. And I guess more importantly, their parents, when they log on, that there needs to be that understanding that they're at school, that, you know, the background noise needs to cease to exist, that they shouldn't be eating and things like things of that nature that basically just log on when you're ready to learn and mute and go with it. But as far as the districts, the the teachers, the schools, uh, I can really sense they're doing The best they can.
2: The message I'd like to give is that having to switch to a completely distant learning format in implementing tech that they hadn't been using before and having teachers do things that they were never trained to do, there needs to be upfront resources to be able to do that. School districts need to have the appropriate IT departments there to support this, to be able to answer questions from parents and teachers. We, especially in this country, have not been the greatest at providing a decent level of funding for our school districts. And that if this is going to continue, and even if it doesn't continue, we need to make sure that they have those resources in place to be able to successfully provide this level of education that our kids deserve.
0: Well put. Round of applause for our teachers, by the way. You're doing a fantastic job. Given the circumstances, uh, very much appreciated. Chris and Christopher, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us. Very fascinating insights. I know I learned a lot.
2: Thanks as always, Derek.
0: Likewise. Quick note before we go, a future episode will be dedicated to listener questions. So if you have a burning question for us or a topic you'd like to hear us cover, now's your chance. Drop us a line at UXSoup, all one word, at StrategyAnalytics, all one word, dot com. Can't wait to hear from you. Excited to hear what y'all come up with. A reminder that UX Soup is presented as always by Strategy Analytics. Check out the latest user-centered insights and analysis by visiting sa-ux.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to UX Soup via your favorite platform or via our show page at ux-soup.com, where you can also rate and review our show and follow any of your favorite hosts on Twitter or LinkedIn. Thanks again. Bye for now.